Hi everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. What is even the point of reading this thing? If you've been tracking with us from the very beginning, you have probably invested hours, (laughs) I mean hours, like probably actually days, um, listening to God's Word or reading God's Word along with us. What is the point. Well, we think there's a lot of power to it, and that is one of the things we want to talk about today. Uh, we are jumping into Hebrews. Hebrews is a very interesting book. We'll be spending time in Hebrews over the next three days. Uh, today, we're covering Hebrews 1 to 6, and <laughs> I feel like I say it every day now, there's a lot packed in here, mm-hmm. um, and we, it's impossible for us to hit on everything, uh, but I, I'm excited about going through Hebrews. So one thing that we had picked up on, or at least I did, is that it seems to be that the author is not super well-known. Is that correct? Yeah, or we, not we, known, we have, period. We, we really don't know who wrote it. There's not a lot of clues in the text about who wrote it, other than he knows Timothy. Um, there is a there is a recognition of the fact that he is aware of Timothy, I think, in later later on in the book. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's some some that believe it's Paul. That's kind of controversial. There's some that guess it could be maybe Peter. Uh, we don't know. What is very clear is the intended audience is Jewish believers um, because the, the book is called Hebrews. It was originally <laughs> like the heading was originally to the Hebrews. That's what it uh, yeah. what it had. Um, and you can see that like the author is trying to lay out like this very Old Testament case that Jesus is better than mm-hmm, all the things mm-hmm. that they're aware of. So I guess that caught my attention right away um, because there is a lot of repeating f- ideas, phrases even. Yeah. Um, one that caught my attention today was definitely from chapter six. And I don't know if you want to bounce around. However, this is what caught my eye. Okay. Chapter six, verse six. Um, it's talking basically about you need to be removed from just um, that infant stage of your relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just stay there. Although yes, you first as a, as a baby, as an infant, you need that spiritual milk, but you have to move on from that. You can't continue to just stay in that place. Uh, chapter six, verse six says, um, referring to those who have come to know Christ, but then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance. Um, basically they are crucifying Christ again, crucifying the son of God again, um, to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. And this is so crazy to me because if you remain in that infant stage and you don't allow yourself to continue to learn about who God is, continue to make your relationship stronger with him, um, by putting in the time and really learning who he is, we're going to eventually like you're going to fall away. Like if there's nothing strong anchoring you, you're going to fall away. Um, what's so interesting about this passage is that it actually makes this really crazy visual that every time that happens, you're, you're essentially just like going back to your own sinful desires and crucifying Christ again for what you're falling back into. It's so crazy. There, there's some really tricky passages to um, figure out. In Hebrews, Hebrews is well known for that. So there's there's some warning passages that are difficult to understand, unpack. Uh, this passage is sometimes recognized as one that's difficult to unpack because it's it's hard to discern who he's speaking about. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's there's a lot of weight here. Like this is a very heavy statement. Like what is implied by chapter six, uh, verse. The, I mean the verses that you read, chapter six, verse six, basically, is that if you fall into sin, there are apparently believers who fall into sin that cannot be redeemed again. 
So you understand why scholars like yes. really want to take their time here and try to understand what's going on. Because the question is, okay, are we talking about believers who genuinely believed in Jesus and fell away? Are we talking about people who never actually believed and just kind of had the appearance of being a believer? Um, but chapter six, verse six is worth a lot of attention uh, because certainly none of us who are following Jesus want to be held guilty for crucifying Jesus over and over and over. And so that like this is a very strict statement that is essentially you are not permitted to continue in sin because when you continue in sin you are guilty of Christ's crucifixion multiple times over. Um, so I encourage you, uh, read that passage for yourself, think about it. Um, regardless of specifically what it means, it does give us um, like a warning that we mm-hmm. should take our faith seriously and our actions should we should take seriously as well, which I think is in um, in really good relationship with a lot of what we've been reading in these New Testament letters. Like, regardless of the author, whether it's Paul, whether it's Peter, whoever wrote Hebrews, they're all encouraging the believers to live lives that honor Christ. And you don't notice a lot of wiggle room uh, for people who do not want to live that way. Well, I think there was also, I don't remember the chapter specifically that we read today. Maybe you can help me. But there is a there's a definite part in the reading today that talks about like basically being um, tied down to the law. And I think that kind of like draws reference to this point too, like falling back into those like customs and traditions is potentially what he's pointing out. Am I on the right track? Yeah, there? He, I mean, he, the, the author is trying to help Jewish believers understand right. that we've entered into a new thing. And so the theme of the entire book almost is that everything that Jesus is, is better than everything mm-hmm. that, was. that was. You'll notice the author spends some time saying Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus is better than the rest that was offered in the promised land. Jesus is better than your high priest. Jesus is better than Melchizedek. Like, it's just, it's one thing after the other. And he's appealing to these, like, firmly Jewish understandings of things. Okay, well, that's helpful then. Um, But then I also just love this verse, too, in chapter 4. It's one that I feel like I have heard always, but it is really cool within context. Let us therefore strive, this is verse 11, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. This is into 12 then. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, the joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Basically, nothing is hidden from God. Yeah. Like, it is so powerful. All of these things will, like, pierce into those places where you you think are covered or yeah. unseen. Yeah. You know, I think this verse is so powerful because I think probably... Um, you've been experiencing that in your own life. Like if you've been on this journey with us, I bet you have noticed that God's word is actually more powerful than anything you've read before. Like Mm -hmm. Jenny, do you think, would you say you've sensed that in your life? Like over the last year that like, I mean, literally like right now it's late at night. We're sitting in our basement. We're reading the Bible, creating this (laughs) podcast. Do you see that? Like, as we do this day in and day out, it is actually producing a new Jenny. I think it is. I think it's also shifting my understanding and my perspective of a lot of things. So as we continue to read this, I am seeking the Lord. And he is also like like bestowing that wisdom on me that I am searching for through his word. And so it's almost like I'm like receiving this new vision of 
how I see life and how I see my part in it. So I'm nothing about my actual like day in day out is changing except for the fact that I like see it through the lens of God now, like what his perspective is for things as I reflect on the things that I'm reading, like even the way that I relate to my kids, I'm still relating to my kids every single day, but the way that I relate to them is entirely different because I'm like, okay, like how am, how is what I'm reading coming through in my life with my own children right now? Or like getting super frustrated driving through traffic or dealing with certain things, like just interactions with people. I think there's just like an overall shift because I'm understanding my, my like basic purpose in life is to glorify God and to share him with others. I th- I just think this idea that the word of God is living and active, yeah. that's that's worth thinking about for a while. It definitely like, has changed my perspective on When things. we interact with God's word, like it's no joke. This is not just some strange waste of time. This mm-hmm. is not just sitting down with dusty old pages. Like the Holy Spirit uh, indwelt people and inspired them to write something that we are now reading that the Holy Spirit is indwelling in us, helping us to understand it. So the same spirit that caused whoever, Peter, Paul, <laughs> uh, to write this letter is the same spirit that's in us, yeah. helping us to understand this letter. And right. people who are not indwelt by the Holy Spirit do not have that available to mm-hmm. them. So they can't understand the word because the Holy Spirit is not helping them figure it out. So what's really cool is that when we apply the word to our own lives, it, it doesn't necessarily take on like different meanings that can get mm-hmm. you into like a weird mm-hmm. place, um, but it does take on different application. And so if you look back over the year that we've been doing this podcast, and it's, it's been awesome. And this, this is not meant to be like a plug for the thing you're already <laughs> doing, um, but it's it's been really good for our marriage. It's been really good for our family. It's been really good for our decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gotten much more disciplined in things that I think God would want us to be disciplined in. And I, I credit that to the the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives because we are making a point. To study the word. And I think like I would I would be bold enough to say it. I think you as the audience are experiencing that as well. Not because Jenny and I are amazing. We're actually mm-hmm. decidedly very not amazing. <laughs> um, seriously. And I think because the Holy Spirit is moving and working in your lives, I bet you're experiencing the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And all honor and glory goes to God because God does that for us. And so it just as an aside, like if you have experienced that in your life, we would love to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, we we do send some emails back and forth every once in a while with, with some of you. And there's there's quite a few of you like the... The snowball effect has happened and there's Mm -hmm. more and more of you guys out there. So if you have experienced like change in your life because you're regularly engaging with the Bible, we would love to hear that. That would actually be awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll pray for you and encourage you. So if you ever want to let us know what's happening, you can send us an email at God's plan, your your part at (laughs) gmail.com. Mouthful. Yeah. Uh, Also, another part uh, is that we have noticed that the Bible, as it is so powerful, um, it has actually encouraged some of you to reach out to us yeah. for a Bible. And we've been excited to That's be true, able yeah. to do that. Um, so if you are in need of a Bible and you are feeling that longing to also want to be um, reading along with us or just reading it in your own time, ha, huh, imagine that. Yeah. Um, please reach out. We would love to help you get your hands on a Bible. We are passionate about it. We want to help you as much as we possibly can. We are by no means the highest level experts in any of this, (laughs) Um, but we do want to be helpful too if we can. So please uh, reach out to us if you want a Bible. Again, it's like no cost to you. We'll just send it to you. So Mm -hmm. uh, if that would be helpful to you, let us know Uh, that. I guess that's your part. Like 
we so badly want you to regularly engage with God's word, uh, read it for yourself, listen to a podcast. It doesn't even have to be ours. You can listen to a different podcast um, just to, to get to know God's word and get to know God himself and let the Holy Spirit work in your heart and your mind. And what what's the verses say to actually help you um, discern the thoughts and intentions mm-hmm. of your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's cool is when you let God do that, like it, 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 it can be a journey, can be a tough experience sometimes, but it's not a painful experience. Um, and he can empathize, empathize with you, empathize, um, because he has experienced the same things we have experienced. And that's actually what the author of Hebrews is saying in these chapters. So, uh, take God's word seriously, uh, read it, listen to it, engage with it. Uh, That's the your part for today. We'll be back again tomorrow with some more Hebrews. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's plan, your part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by his word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you? Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, He makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe you roll up. Like a garment they will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits set out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Chapter 2 Therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received as just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, What is man, that you are mindful of him? 
or the Son of Man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, and bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children of God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every aspect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Chapter 3 Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant, to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for forty years. Therefore I was provoked with that generation, and said, They always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Chapter 4 Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, 
let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who had believed entered that rest, as he has said, As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in the passage he said, They shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who we must give account. Since we then have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Chapter 5 For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And he says also in another place, You are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Chapter 6 Therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. 
and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we do if God permits. For it is impossible in the case of those who have been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away, to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm, and holding him up to contempt. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it, and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless, and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust, so as to look, overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints, as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since we had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.